How's everybody doing? How's everybody doing? Hey, I just let's just cut right to it. I need to ask y'all a serious question. This is just legit, straight up. I felt like the first service was so good. God moved. But I just need to know, so I'm going to ask for some feedback. Are y'all ready to turn up? Are y'all ready to get, because I just feel like, I don't know, we're about to get crazy. So I need y'all, I'm going to ask y'all, I'm going to need y'all to talk to me if y'all are ready to turn up. So are y'all ready to turn up? Okay, because it's about to get crazy up in here. So listen, this is why I'm going to start the message a little bit differently. And uh, if it's not as good, then they can edit it out. But um, <laughs> that's why we have video cameras. But, but listen, like this is what's going through my mind, all right? And I got to believe it's the Holy Spirit. Is um, like I'm sure some of y'all are watching us on the front couple rows, acting like uh, children, dancing around. We can barely contain ourselves, and you're probably thinking what I used to think. There's no way that's legit, right? There's no way that Big B's that happy, and Mark is turning around in circles, and I'm trying to get Brian to sing off the cuff. Uh, Cause I'm happy if you feel like happiness here. Come on. Who else is happy in here? Come on. Am I the only one? Am I the only one? Because, listen, I'm just ready to get after it. And let me just tell you why. I, I feel like I owe that to you, and that's why I'm starting it a little bit different. Guess what? This guy right here is a worthless nothing that deserves nothing. But God is greater. Is that right? God is greater than all my circumstances, than all my fears, and than all this sin. And the reason that we're doing a sermon series called Guardrails is because I realize what happens when I live on my own, and I realize, I realize what happens when I live what God calls me to live. That is in freedom. This entire sermon series is learning to walk in the freedom that he's called me to, not in the freedom that I think I'm called to. And so the reason that I'm happy this morning, there are circumstances in my life, I'm going to use a bad word if y'all get offended easily, come back next two weeks and you'll really get offended. It's going to be awesome. But listen, I have circumstances of very dear people in my life that absolutely suck. It's horrible. I want to throw up. I'm not happy about the circumstances. What I'm happy about is I have a Savior who looks at me and he's not worried about what I am, but worried about what he can be inside of me. And he said, you know what, I want to use you, and let's do this thing. So we're, it's time to turn up. I'm just telling y'all right now, it is time to turn up. Because I am not satisfied, I am not satisfied being what I used to be. I'm not satisfied doing what I used to do. I am satisfied that Jesus is enough in me, and he's about to take us, not Mark, us to a whole nother level. For the next three weeks, this is what y'all are going to hear over and over. And I'm not apologetic about it. If it offends people and you leave, I want you to know from the bottom of my heart as your pastor, I don't want that. But I also want you to know from the bottom of my heart that if you leave because of what I'm about to say, I will love you and I will help you find a better place for you than this house. But this house is not going to be about you. And this house is not going to be about me. This is going to be the place where we reach and let me repeat that. We, not Mark, reaches the least, the lost, and the lonely with the gospel of Jesus. And we see lives change radically as a result of what we are going to do. Because you see, this is what we are. We are Four Points Church. And we are followers of Jesus Christ. And we will change our community where the landscape is never the same. And when we get old, and when we are no longer here, people will look back and say, there was a group of people that met together and made a difference, and the kingdom was shifted forever because we are Four Points Church, and we will forever change the landscape of this community. But listen, y'all can clap if y'all want to clap. Don't hold back. 
I'm asking y'all to turn up right now, right? Listen, that is not going to happen if a man stands up and looks goofy and plaid with a short sleeve shirt on and tells y'all something, and we do not do it. So the entire message today is a guardrail. It is a guardrail. But the message in its entirety is learning to serve. And it is not like learning to do nice things for people. That's not what I mean by serve. It's learning that through love, when my life is completely changed, my landscape changes too, and I get to serve. I, I'm, I'm telling y'all this, and I'm going to step down. I'm telling y'all this. We all have guardrails like that in our lives. A guardrail, Zach's going to put it on the screen, is a system that is designed to keep vehicles from straying into dangerous or off-limits areas. And we all have them in our lives because they become a system or a guideline in our life, a standard that becomes a matter of conscience. So we all have them, right? And serving tends to be for a church person. And if you're not, man, we're so pumped that you're here. If you're, if you're here with us and you're not typically in church, we're pumped that you're here. But for a church person, and if you go regularly, you're a church person, it tends to be kind of what we do. And this is what we think if you're like me. If I do good stuff for God, he's going to be cool with me so I can just do whatever I want to do, right? Because if I don't do good stuff for God, then I can't do whatever I want because God will be mad at me. And we assume in our minds and in our hearts that God hates me or loves me based on what I do or don't do. The reason I'm dancing this morning, and like I'm serious, on the way this morning I drove by myself and I'm driving in the car and I have YouTube playing because I don't have that song downloaded. I'm listening to Happy and then I'm listening to The Greater and I'm just swerving all over the road and people are looking at me, passing me like, is this dude jacked up or what? Like he's some messed up stuff. But I just want to lean out the window and tell him, yes, one, I am pretty jacked up. I'm a sinner. But God demonstrated his love for me that while I was a, still a sinner, he died for me. And that great God is greater. He has overcome the world. He took death and hell, and he conquered it, and he wants to use me. And so this morning, here's the dichotomy shift that you will decide in your mind right now. Will I choose to keep doing what I'm doing? And some of you are doing stuff for the Lord. You're like, Pastor Mark, I'm doing stuff, right? I'm, I'm, like, like I'm serving right now. Or, or if you knew what I look like at home, I'm doing it. I'm not asking you if you're doing stuff. I'm asking you if you are on the team that is going to take the world by storm. I'm asking you if you're part of the team that, as crazy as this sounds, will charge hell with, with water guns. There's no way we can beat hell with a water gun. I agree, but we got Jesus, and we've already won, right? We've already won. So this is what I'm asking y'all right now. I want you to consider you and you alone. Please do not consider your neighbor. Please do not think, because this is what I do, so maybe y'all are better than me. Please don't think, man, I wish so-and-so was here to hear this message, right? Y'all with me? Because we do that, don't we? And I sure do wish John was here, because that dude needs it. No, Mark needs it. Worse than anybody in here, I need this. And God has beat me up with this this week, and so I give it to you. And so today what I want to give you is, is the reason that serving people can be a guardrail from sin and try to give you those principles. How serving is a guardrail from sin. So if you're taking notes, and I encourage you to do so, I want you to write these two things down. Number one, number one, my calling I want to help you understand what that means. My calling, meaning those of you that are saved. Not those of you that are pastors. Not those of you that work at a ministry. Not those of you that think that I'm the one that does good things. 
but I'm talking about every person in here that if I ask you to raise your hand, you would say, I am a Christian. This is you. And if it's not you, I'm so pumped because we got something for you in a minute. But for every person that calls yourself a Christ follower, this is you. My calling demands my service. My calling demands my service. Now, why is that? In just a second, I'm going to ask you to turn to uh, Galatians chapter 5. And while Paul was writing this letter and pinning it to the city of Galatia, to the people that are Galatians, his main theme in the entire book was how we live in freedom. How we live in freedom. What that looks like, what that means. I encourage all of you, this week, if you're not in a personal quiet time, if you're not like trying to read the one-year Bible or you're not doing something, go read Galatians. If you start today, you'll be done next Saturday, and you'll, if you read one chapter a day, and it'll be awesome because by the time you get back here next week, I'll try to find you something else to do. But this is why I think it's so cool. 14 times it talks about the work of the Holy Spirit and what that looks like in your life, but the biggest theme in there is how you, friend, you, you are supposed to walk in freedom. That is our calling. So, so listen carefully. No matter where you are, no matter what sin you've done this week, no matter how far away you feel from God, your calling on your life is not less than my calling on my life. It is different. I do believe that this is a very serious calling. I prayed on the way for some of you this morning that God would move you, and I feel the burden of being the pastor of this church, but, but it is simply a calling, and all of you have that on your life. And, and we don't need a bunch of loudmouth pastors. We need a bunch of people that embrace the calling that God has given you, where you work. Some of you hate the place that you work at, but it's time to embrace it because God has put you there for a season. I don't know how long that season is, but he's got you right where he wants you because your calling demands your service. Now, this is what verse 13 says. And this is so, this is so amazing. This is so amazing. Don't let that distract you. That's the wind and it's crazy and it's going to make that dude flat, but just, just try to stay in here. All of you were called to freedom. And this is what Paul says. Watch. For you were called to, what's the word? Say it out loud. Freedom. Say it again. Freedom. I was called to freedom. And you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. So what does he mean? What does he mean? How can I use my freedom? How can I use my freedom as an opportunity for flesh. This is almost, y'all know this, right? This is almost like I don't even need to go over it. But as soon as I look at what Jesus has done in me, listen carefully, as soon as I look at what Jesus has done in me, and I say, I have this path that is my freedom, and it is amazing, right? And all of you that have it feel this way. It's amazing what God has done in my life. But if I look at it and I say, well, because I have freedom, because he's freed me from the law, like all I have to do it's just ask God to forgive me, and I can do whatever I want to do, right? Paul says right here, this is not a license for you to, to do what you want to do. It's not an opportunity for the flesh. Do not use this against what you're supposed to use this, but instead, use it to serve one another through the love that you have for Jesus. Remember, last week's message was on love. And when love becomes a matter of conscience, and it becomes when I look at people, I think, what can I do to help? When I look at the people that are on the streets or my neighbors or my coworkers, and I think, how can I love them and lift them out of where they are? Then through that love, I, I serve one another. My calling on my life demands my serving. But I, I want you to make sure you don't, you don't miss this until we go to the next point. And we're going to sit on the next point a little longer. 
But don't miss this. The reason that a lot of you guys don't feel the pull to serve is because you haven't felt the pull of the call. And it is not the call to ministry, and it is not the call that you get on your cell phone. It is the call from the Holy Spirit that says this. I have overcome the world. I took the keys of death and hell. Now make me Lord of your life. Surrender all to me. Acknowledge that I am God of the universe and you need me. Confess your sin and turn from it and then walk in freedom. But now this is the problem. Many of us know it, right? Like we're in the, we're in the Bible belt. We're in the buckle of the Bible belt. So all of us are familiar. But being familiar is such a horrible thing. Like Friday night, uh, Big B and Brian and a couple of guys, we, we had a little get-together. We were talking about uh, being on a team. And the most frustrating thing ever is like when we won state championships, and it was one of my fondest memories ever, and I still pull my rings out every once in a while, and people will come up to you and they'll say, we won the state championship that had nothing to do with what we did. And I was very nice to them and high-fived them, but what I wanted to say is now, we won the state championship by bleeding and sweating and crying in the locker room and in practice and in the games. And you guys cheered, but you guys never were in the game. And you guys didn't do anything. So take the ride out your pocket because we ain't won nothing. We won. You're welcome. Y'all can have the T-shirt, but we get the rings. Somebody needs to say amen to that that played. Thank you, Mr. Bryan. But anyway, this is the point. This is the point. Watch. We will make a difference when we are all called. The problem is many people look and say, man, that's for the pastor. Many people look and say, that's for the staff. That's for those volunteers that are really excited. That's for this front row that was dancing around acting crazy. They get it. They understand, but I, but I ain't got nothing. So I'm just going to do my thing. At the point that I say I'm going to do my thing is when I'm telling the world I don't have a calling on my life, it's all about me. If it's all about you, friends, I'm telling you this with love and because of concern and with urgency. You are not called if you do not feel pulled. And if you do not feel pulled to love and serve, you have missed the calling altogether on your life. I'm telling you with urgency, we will make a difference in this world. And that's what I'm fixing to say next. But it has to be after you've been called. So the first thing, listen carefully, the first thing. I serve because of the calling on my life. And the second thing is my service, my service, my serving people. I serve because I love. Now, I want to give you, I want to give you three quick things. I want to give you three quick things that go along with this freedom and love, freedom and love, and then service minus love. So watch this. Freedom plus love equals service to others. When I have freedom, when I'm walking in Christ, when I'm called and I have freedom, and then I love people, I, I, automatically I serve people. But this is what happens when we take it away. Freedom minus love is a license to sin. And it opens the door to all kinds of traps because I believe that I have the freedom in Christ, but I subtract the love. And so when I serve people, I do it with gritted teeth and with anger. And I look at people and I gossip and I hate and I have jealousy and discord and rage. And that's a license to sin. The minute that I step over the boundary, just watch. The minute that I step over the boundary and say, I have my freedom, but I don't have to love. And so when I serve people, it's just because I have to. I'm opening myself up to a license of sin, and it is death and destruction. Listen to me. A bunch of people in this room and thousands of people all around us. 
are under the tyranny or under the destruction that is the death being in the license of sin and slavery. You are enslaved to sin outside of the freedom of Jesus Christ. And at the moment that I think I'm okay is the moment that I step over the boundary, the reason we have guardrails, and I'm done. If I believe I'm a good person based on what I do and not based on what Christ has done in me, my license to sin and slavery is the biggest in the world. The person that I believe with my heart and with the authority of the word of God is the hardest to reach is this person. The hardest person in the world to reach. The person in here right now that's thinking, I wish someone else would hear this message. The person that hears it online or on the podcast and says, man, I wish so-and-so would hear this message. The person that doesn't say, God, why do you choose to love me? I'm a sinner and I'm a vile creature, but thank you, God, for loving me. And then the last one is service minus love. Service minus love is self-righteousness, and the last two sort of go together. But it makes up the church. You know, I can't tell you how many people in a conversation week to week tell me, dude, I don't want to go to that church because it's full of hypocrites. Like I ask people all the time, I try to be, I try to be the guy that's smoking what I'm selling that really wants to bring people to church that really is excited about what God's doing. And so I tell people and they say, man, why would I come to a church in general, not four points, but a church? Because that's what we see. And you know what I tell them? I agree (laughs) because a lot of times that's me. A lot of times I think more highly of myself than I ought to think. So a lot of y'all probably looked at um, Facebook this week. I don't know if you did or not. But if you did, I want to kind of explain what happened. Leo put on Friday, like a, my husband's awesome. Uh, he cleaned the house, and I don't remember what all it said, but she was bragging on it. It's very nice. And so if you're a skeptic like me, because I'm a skeptic, you probably thought to yourself, Mark did that for a couple of reasons. One, he wanted to get lucky. I'm going to be very honest with you. That is true. Okay, I'm just, I'm just being straight up. I just I feel like I'm lying if I don't tell you the truth, which is true. So I just wanted to tell you straight up. I did want to get lucky because I'm up all night to get up. Anyway, sorry. So I'm up all night to get lucky. Anyway, uh, so that was true. I'm, I'm, I'm admitting guilt. But the real skeptic in me thinks, I wonder if Mark did that so that she would put something on social media and brag on him. And then I put something else along this line. Ladies, I'm giving y'all permission to clap because y'all are supposed to right here. Uh, if you're not blessing and serving your wife outside the bedroom, don't complain when she is tired inside the bedroom. Y'all can clap now because that's good. You're welcome. Thank you. I didn't mean the men, but thank you, B. I love you. Look, what I mean by that is we complain all the time, but it's just such a two-way street. So anyway, I didn't put that on there to get attention. She didn't put that on. It actually happened on accident. We had a crazy week. It was amazing, by the way. But Wednesday night, if you were here, holy cow, God moved. And then Thursday, we had an amazing staff day. And it was just a lot going on this week. So Friday, I ran some errands in the morning after I dropped my son off. And so we were done. And I was about to come to the office. And Austin was running errands somewhere else at the time. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going home, and I'm going to shellax. I'm going to chill out. Just going to do my thing. And I'm not a very good shellaxer. I'm not sure if y'all are. But, like, if I'm home and chilling, Leah is ready for me to go after one day because she's like, you're getting on my nerves because there's nothing to do. And I'm just not the dude that sits and chills. Now, this afternoon I will, but typically if it's shellax time, I'm the worst ever. So 
I got home and I was trying to chill out. It was just before noon. And I was like, you know what? We never have dishes in our sink because my wife really is amazing. And so I'm going to do those dishes. And I don't mind vacuuming. It's the one chore around the house that I don't mind doing. So I'm just going to vacuum. And so I started with the idea that I'm just going to do the dishes in the vacuum. And that is good enough to be chore play, right? So that, that's good enough. I'm going to get my job done with the vacuum and the dishes and chore play and we're up all night to get some. So anyway, I, I was trying to, I, I got that done, and I'm upstairs, and I'm vacuuming the upstairs, and I look, and I promise this is what happened. I looked in the bedroom as I'm vacuuming, and I'm like, shimunga, because I don't do laundry, and I'm not apologizing for this. Actually, I should, but I was spoiled growing up, and I never did a load of laundry in my life. Leah did my laundry in college, and I would write, I would type her paper so she would do my laundry. I don't think I've done laundry five times in my life. Matter of fact, it's so bad I had to call my dad and say, hey, how much of that dude do I put in? Because I don't know, like, where does the fabric softener go? And I don't even know what to do. I'm not joking. Right now, some people in this room are like, you're the worst guy ever. I am the worst guy ever. That's what I'm admitting. <laughs> All right. So, so I just was like, I'm going to do my laundry because bless her heart. My wife is the greatest woman that I know. She's a teacher, a mom, a husband to this guy. Bless her heart. Let's start there. Uh, uh, the kids director, boom, boom. She does see us so much. I'm like, why are you not practicing what you preach and smoking what you're selling and what can I do to help? And so I'm really trying with like the kids, but I need to help. So I was like, let's do it. So I start a load of laundry. I was like, that wasn't bad. It just spins and does all this thing, right? And I, so I put it in the dryer. And I was like, let's do another one. I at least can do all mine. And we got through three loads and I was done with my clothes. Maybe four. It was a lot. <laughs> and, and then I was like, you know what? It's become a challenge now. I'm doing it all. And so when Leah got home, we were through seven, and I was like, do not touch any of the laundry because I'm getting this thing done because at that point I wanted to win. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about because you're competitive. Here we go. But I didn't do those things. I need y'all to listen to this carefully because this affects every single person in this room, in this church, and in your life. I did not do those things just to get lucky, right? And I'm not trying to be funny right now. And that's a great perk. By the way, I recommend to every guy in here, that you serve your wife because it tends to end well. But anyway, um, that was free and you can laugh there. But I'm not telling you that, listen carefully, I'm not telling you that just to make a joke or make you think I'm good. I admitted that I've never even done laundry, so I'm obviously a jerk that's an idiot. What I'm telling you that for is as I started doing this, and I didn't even do it to get a thank you. I didn't want her to write something on social media and I wouldn't plan on writing anything else. I just felt like I should. But I did it because I love her. Like I really love my wife. She's, she's an amazing woman. And I just thought to myself, what is the one thing that she's going to have to do on Saturday that, that's just crappy, that she doesn't want to do, and what can I do to lift her up out of where she is? When you begin to serve someone because you love them, it's like, it's like a drug. It's almost contagious. It, like, it lifts you up, and it helps you. Like, I just wanted to keep going and keep going. And I was getting tired because I'm tall and I was leaning over and my back started hurting. But I was like, no, I'm going to keep going. I want her to have an awesome day. And the way that I can bless my wife right now is not with flowers, which would have been very nice. But that doesn't help Leah. It's with serving her. It's with doing something like that. So listen, this is where you come in. Obviously, for your husbands or wives, if you're married, that's what you should do. Or, or young people, if you could bless your family, I can't tell you what they would do if, you're, if you washed your clothes. Your mama would pass out, okay? But that's not the biggest point. The biggest point is this, and this is where I need everybody to look. You, no matter who you are or what you think about yourself, no matter how far from God you think you are, you 
are the person that will make the biggest difference in someone's life. In someone's life as they walk into this church and you're the person that greets them for the first time in the parking lot or you're the person with the baton and you're waving them in or you're the person that is standing there with the tin and walking the first time greeter in or you're the person that's printing out the, the kids' badges or you're the person that is, gives, gives out the bulletins or stands up here and plays in the band or stands at the soundboard or does the coffee or fills out the cards or all these things that we do. There's people that clean the bathrooms during the week. There's people that pick up the donuts. There are so many, so many, so many things that are done. And the message doesn't start when I start preaching, but the message starts with your attitude and your excitement to get to make a difference for Jesus. The reason I'm dancing right here, watch, the reason I'm dancing right here is not because I'm excited to get to preach, and I am, but I'm excited that we are four points, and we will reach the least, the lost, and the lonely with the gospel of Jesus, that we are Christ followers, and our calling is much bigger than just who am I? My calling is much bigger than just preaching on a stage. My calling is much bigger than just what I look like or what I sound like or what color I am or where I am from. My calling is about Christ. My calling is not about me. And at the moment that I realize that I get to make a difference because he's overcome the world, I haven't overcome anything. And at the moment that I realize that, and at the moment that I realize that God wants to use me, me, this guy, and you, this girl, or this guy, all of us, all of the people wiping tails right now and, and hugging on babies, every one of them, on your kids and on my kids, they are making a difference and you are making a difference. And the reason that I'm excited is because when you get that, when it's not a chore that I have to do when I grit my teeth and say, if I don't do this, no one's going to do it. I'm going to do it anyway. No, when you realize that we are the body of Christ and we are making a difference, that your impact that you are making cannot be oversold and has not been told to you enough that you're doing a great job and that God is using you no matter where you are, no matter how awful your circumstances is, that he's already won and he wants to greatly use you. What well, It's overwhelming. And it changes the game. And the reason that I'm so passionate is because I look at you guys. This isn't a feel-good message because I'm about to get to that part. But I look at you guys and I say, yes, that person, that person, that person, that person. Yes, you, God, you want to use all of us. You don't need any of us, but you want to use all of us to change the world. And so this is how Paul continues in, in the next verse in chapter 5. He says, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. Love your neighbor. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law is fulfilled in just that. Love your neighbor as yourself. And if we've got the love part down, we get how it's contagious and how I want to serve my wife because I love her and even more so Jesus because he called me. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the sacrifice for all of my sins. And what he's asked me to do is walk in freedom, not in sin, but in freedom and put up guardrails. And the, one of the most important guardrails is through love, serve one another. And so that's the commandment that sums up the whole thing, but, but this is where I want us to think, just for a second. If we bite and devour one another, watch out that you're not consumed by one another. Bite and devour, if you go to the original language of what Paul was actually saying, shows like a lion attacking another lion or, or a beastly animal attacking another 
beastly animal, and not with the hope to nibble. Like when I think of, when I hear bite and I'm, and I'm scanning that passage, I'm thinking about just like a little dog biting at my ankle, right? Because that's what we think about. And a lot of us in here, because our hearts aren't where they should be with Jesus and our calling is not the most important thing, and I'm telling y'all, I love my kids and I love my wife. I love my job. But my job as a pastor, and I love it, and I know this is God's call for a job, but my calling as a follower of Jesus is the number one call in my life. Above being a pastor, above being a husband, and above being a daddy, above anything else, all my friends and everything else, my calling as a Christian, my calling because I have freedom, that is the biggest calling in my life. And so what I've got to ask myself is this question. Is that really the biggest calling on my life? I need you to ask yourself right now, don't think about everybody else, is that the biggest calling on your life is the fact that I'm called to serve and love other people because he has saved me? Or, here's where the tension comes in, do I look like that last verse? This is what frustrates me about the church. Probably my biggest beef, not with four points, not with four points, and in a lot of cases, can I be honest with you, it's the leadership's fault and I take responsibility for not being bold, not being bold enough to tell us that we are four points and we will make a difference together, that it is not about me, but I want that everyone knows Jesus when they leave here. Every Sunday and in our jobs and at our work and at play. But isn't it crazy that the church, like do y'all watch on social media and just wanna cry when we say such nasty things to each other on social media. Some of it I'll at least give you credit because you'll call them by name. And even though I want to cry and tell you what to do, I'm not the police of social media. The Holy Spirit is. And I'm not going to call you out ever again. Ever again. Because I don't think that's my job to police social media. It's my job to stand here and declare the truth in love. But it breaks my heart when I see us fighting and devouring people in the church, even if it's not this church. I'm talking capital C right now, the church. The reason it breaks my heart is because we are what he just described, the opposite of love. We are fighting and devouring each other. Right now we're thinking, God, I wish so-and-so would hear this. No, I, I wish we would hear this. And we would wake up. We would wake up and realize that a revolution is about to take place, but I may not be involved in it. If I'm biting and devouring each other, I'm telling y'all, one of my biggest beasts is this. If we were to watch the news when we got home and our boys that are overseas and they're fighting and they're, they're in the mission and I love those movies, man, I want to fight back when I watch Lone Survivor and watch, watch Acts of Valor and watch our Navy SEAL boys. What if the SEALs, and there were 15 or 20 of them, they all just got mad at each other and seven went on eight and they started shooting each other. We would lose our minds in anger because they are SEALs. Am I right? They are Navy SEALs. They don't fight each other. Those Marines, they're, they're our boys. When one guy loses his mind and shoots people, and it's happened a few times, we lose our minds in anger. But each week around the world, we bite and devour each other. There's no one on the planet that does this like Christians. Guys, we are four points. And when one of ours falls down, we're not going to kick them when they're down. I'm not telling you that we won't call sin, sin. If you're having sex outside of marriage, it is a sin and it is wrong. But we will still love you in your sin. It's okay not to be okay. It's just not okay to stay there. We want you to step up 
and to change forever, forever. We are going to reach thousands of people. I want y'all to hear this. With 100 people here in the first service and the second service, with just over 200 people here today, I am declaring right now that this house and these people, that we will reach thousands of people with the gospel. This church is changing, and it's not a bad change. It is a great change, because I'm telling you, this is gonna be the church where people look, and they say, oh my gosh, what happened? Did the pastor get better? No, the pastor's still crazy. Did the band get better? It actually is amazing, but that ain't it. Did the people get better? No, they didn't get better, they got Jesus. And when we get Jesus, we'll never be the same. Come on, y'all can clap for that, because it's truth. It's truth. It's truth. Now this is this is where it is, and this is where we end. As this, as as it goes on, this is what what Paul said is is that you will be seen, that you will be known by one of two things. You will be known by one of two things in verse 22, and it's not up there, but just watch me because I know it. That the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against those things, there is no law. If you go against those dudes, there is no law for that. That is everything. The question I have to ask is that, is that what people see when they see me or do they see biting and devouring? Because the only way for that to happen is those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, watch, provoking one another and envying one another. And this is the question I must ask right where you sit. Don't think about anybody else, but think about you. When people see you, when people see you, where you live, work, and play, do they see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control because I am filled with the Spirit, because I walk in freedom, and because I am God's man or God's woman? Or do they see conceited, provoking anger? Do they see the heart that says, I serve because I have to, and I want you to see what I am doing, and I want everyone to know that I'm making the difference. If you care who gets the credit, it's not about Jesus at all. I'm telling you that the reason this church is making a difference is the worship is amazing. And our volunteers are amazing. But it is not about a pastor. It's about Jesus, man. It's about Jesus. And the minute that we all get on the same page, the minute that we all get on the same page and we say, we are Christ followers. So we are Four Points Church. And with every ounce of my being, with whatever I can, you say, right now, are, are you saying that the most important thing should be how do I elevate the church? I'm saying it should be how do I elevate Jesus and this is the house that you've chosen to worship in. That should be the most important thing. So with your time, with your money, if you give out of a selfish heart, you're never going to get the blessing that God wants to give you. But as soon as you let go of all your money and say, this is 100% yours anyway, I'm going to give you some back. God's going to bless you. I'm not saying you're going to be rich. You might have really hard times. Matter of fact, you're going to have really hard times. I'm just asking you to be honest with yourself and answer this question. Have I trusted Christ as my Savior? Meaning, have I given Him everything that is my life? Do I know for sure that He is my Savior and my Lord because I've committed my life to Him? And when people see you, do they see that? Because I'm telling you this, guys. We can fall into sin, but we cannot stay in sin. If the Holy Spirit has us, He will call us back home. What I'm asking you today is when people see you, do they recognize Jesus? Or when people see you, do, they, do you want them to recognize you? If you've never turned and given your heart and life to Jesus, right now, right now is the time. I'm going to do this differently than I have, and it's going to start being the way that we do it now. Will you bow with me? Will you bow with me?
I'm not going to ask you to get up. I'm not going to ask you to go anywhere. I'm just going to ask you to respond in honesty. Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark, I do not know Jesus. I've never fully given him my heart and my life. I've never prayed and asked him to forgive me of my sins, turn from my sins, and walk in the freedom that he gives me. I've never done that. I'm, guys, I'm not asking you to get up. We got someone that's going to come to you. I just want you to be honest in this house right now and say, Pastor Mark, that's me. Slip your hand up as high as it is all over the room. If you worry about someone else, what is someone else going to think? What is someone else going to do? Then it's going to distract you from doing what God is calling you to do right now. The Holy Spirit is calling some of you right now. I'm asking you right now, will you be bold enough to say, I'm not worried about what someone else thinks or what someone else does. I want Jesus right now in my life to be the Savior of my life. He is one over sin and death. He is the Lord of all. I want him to be my Savior. Raise your hand as high as you can right now where you are. I believe that salvation is supposed to come to someone in this house today. I'm wondering if anyone is bold enough to say, Pastor Mark, that is me. Just a couple more seconds. I want you to raise your hand up if that's you as high as you can. Keep it up because we're going to walk to you. Pastor Mark, that is me. That is me right now. That is me. Hey, everybody, I want you to look at me. You will decide right now if you will leave the same because that is your choice or if you will leave changed. It is our desire not to grow by a bunch of numbers and reach this certain number, but for us that God has given us to become what God wants us to. And as a result of that, we will tell our friends, we will tell our family, we will tell everyone, and we will grow as a result of that. But it is our desire to know that we are Christ followers and that we are Four Points Church and we are going to reach this community with the gospel. So I'm not worried about everything else that we have to worry about. I'm worried about you. As your pastor, I'm worried about you. As you leave here today, will you be the same that you were when you came in? Because if you are, we have wasted our time. I'm telling you guys, you need to believe this because this is not feel good. This is truth. You will make a difference as soon as it's all about Jesus. He loves you and he believes in you, and he wants to use you. Will you stand with me right now? Wherever you are all over the room, will you stand with me right now and say, I declare that it is about four points, but most importantly about Jesus, that I am a follower of Jesus, and I will make a difference with my life, with my actions, with my attitude, with everything that is happening. I want people to know that it is about Jesus in my life more than anything else right now, right now. Right now, we are going to make a difference in the kingdom of God. And so this is what I'm asking you to do. Do not leave here if you have not partnered with this church. Do not leave here. Partnership is right now. Jenny does an amazing job teaching it. She's a gifted teacher. I want you to stay and listen to what God is doing even more than I've given you today. Do not leave here if you're not serving because you stood up and said, I want to be a part of what God's doing. Go right now, right now and say, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to serve. Guys. God wants to change our community, but it is not a man that will change it. It is a man that died and rose again that is changing it. Will we be a part? Let's pray. God, I believe that you want to do a work that is greater than anything we've ever seen, anything we can imagine. God, if we really started to talk about what I believe you're going to do, people would laugh at us because it's bigger. It is not by human hands that this, this is going to be done, but by your power and your might because we receive power when your Holy Spirit comes on us, like Acts 1-8 says. And we will be your witnesses. And we will change this world. And God, it's going to start right here in our community where we live. We are Four Points Church and we exist because you told us to reach the least, the lost, and the lonely and be your disciples. So God, today we declare ourselves to be yours. 
good, bad, and ugly, no matter what we look like, no matter where we came from, we are yours. God, change us forever and forever. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Will you guys stand with us as we worship together?